0: Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-host, Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Uh, Our first guest is uh, Janae Ingram. Uh, Can you hear me?
1: (laughs) I can hear you. Okay. How are you? Anyway,
0: Janae is uh, the uh, director of the National Partnership Program with Airbnb. She's a former uh, executive director of the National Action Network. I'll throw that in there. That's when I first met her. And uh, this past year, uh, as a matter of fact, on yesterday, on Wednesday, they had two events at the Northwest African American Museum, and they were done in collaboration with the Seattle branch of the NAACP. So, Janae, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. And I'm glad thank that Hayward, Hayward got a chance to meet you offline yeah. before we came on the air. So why don't you just share with our listeners a little bit about your background, because you've been active for quite a while.
1: Yes. No, thank you for that. And, um, I, you know, obviously I'm with Airbnb now, and, Um, Prior to coming to Airbnb, um, immediately prior to coming to Airbnb, planned the Women's March on Washington um, in Washington, D.C., and was one of the organizers um, helping to sort of establish the the global movement um, that that existed on January 21st of 2017. And prior to that, I was uh, the head of the National Action Network. I was the executive director, so I, I led... A lot of different efforts uh, across the country, Um, but really I started with with National Action Network with NAN as the D.C. bureau chief. So I helped open and establish the presence in Washington, D.C., and really uh, created some inroads with a lot of the different civil rights and human rights organizations that were present in D.C. Um, And so um, prior to that, I, I had spent many years in nonprofit fundraising. Um, and development and was an advocate from that perspective. But yeah, my, my journey to come to Airbnb has been an interesting one. Um, but I am glad to be with a company that um, I think has a mission and has a vision about who they want to be and how they want to show up in the world. And so um, tech was not my was not my next step. If, if you would have asked me when I left NAN where I thought I was going to go, it wouldn't have been to tech but Airbnb is definitely a unique company. And so I'm, I'm grateful to get to work at a company like this every day.
0: And, uh, how are you on, on the road quite frequently? I assume being, uh, the director of national partnerships, uh, how many cities have you gone to, uh, in terms of presentations about showing people the advantages of home sharing for economic gain?
1: Yeah, this is, it's, it, I'm definitely on the road a lot. Um, and I ask people like your daughter, Angela, and like Reverend Sharpton, how they do it, because I, I need some tips. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a lot. But I am I'm glad to be um, taking this partnership that we have with NAACP. And so far, we have been, to. this is actually our sixth city. Um, so we started in Miami, and then and that was last year. We did Miami, Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco, and Oakland. We did Atlanta this year. And now Seattle, and so we're we're excited to be here in the Seattle King County area because we do think that there is an opportunity for uh, families, particularly families of color, um, to be able to leverage their homes through home sharing and earn uh, economic op- e- economic uh, incentives. So through this program, it's really an economic opportunity for them to earn more money for retirement, for vacation, for the college fund. Um, To cover household expenses, we know that that's also something that people use their money for. And it brings money into the community. So um, in addition to the actual host being able to reap those benefits, the community overall sees those benefits because the host that someone is staying with is going to direct a person to their local neighborhood uh, coffee house or barbershop, beauty salon. All of the things that people need when they're traveling, they're, those things are going to happen within the vicinity of the home that they're staying. Um, and so for us, this is, this is something that individuals can benefit from, but also the overall community.
2: Uh, Janani, you know, my, my question, if you can just give the people an overview of how the whole b process works, how do they sure. go about setting up and just what, the, what those benefits could be?
1: Absolutely. And it's a very valid question because we know not everyone knows what Airbnb does or what it is. Um, And so basically, Airbnb is a home sharing platform that exists online. So it's a marketplace where you can find um, lots of different homes that you might use when you're traveling. So if you're going to another city, if you're going to somewhere like uh, DC, for example, which is where I'm based, um, you might be looking for a, a place to stay and you might go to airbnb.com and that would help you find a place to stay. But if you're someone who's looking to host, we want you to go to airbnb.com NAACP. And that way we can make sure that you come through our partnership with NAACP. And the process is relatively simple. It takes, it takes maybe about 15 or so minutes um, to complete. You need to have a valid government uh, ID. Um, we ask you things like your birth date. Uh, you need a, a credit card or a debit card so that you you can actually authorize transactions. Um, if you need to pay for something, for example, if you're staying and on the guest side, um, we ask you for uh, information about your home, so things that make your home unique and why someone would want to come and stay there. Um, and so we find that, you know, people... Talk about their neighborhood or they talk about um, things within their home if they have a nice deck they want to promote that Um, things like that that really help people understand the space that they're coming to and so um, it's a it's a relatively simple process Um, I know that not everyone is comfortable using um, the computer to do all of all of these things and I will say that we have also a a co-hosting program and through co-hosting you can partner with someone else, and the two of you are listed as hosts, and you can decide the financial arrangement, uh, which brings me to another important point, point, um, and that is that hosts can earn up to 97% of what they charge for a listing. Um, and so we know that the economic benefit is very tangible, and people really are, are reaping reaping the rewards of that.
0: Well, I think, hey, whatever's just changed the man about his – Second house, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, you he's, he's moving. He don't. He do. he doesn't know what he's gonna do with That's the house right. he's in now. What he's gonna turn it into? But keep talking to him.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I know what he can turn it into. We we gonna turn it into an Airbnb. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the the good thing here is, um, in Seattle, we we just had some regulations that passed, and if people are listening and they already have an Airbnb, they may already know this. But if you do have uh, a primary home. Um, that you want to list on Airbnb, you can also list a second home. So Seattle is a unique market where you can list your primary residence plus one additional residence. And so, again, that that benefit of what you could do if you you know had a relative, a grandmother, a great you know aunt or uncle who had a home that and, you know that person is no longer with us, uh, and you're not quite sure what to do with that home, but you want to keep it in your family. This is a way that you can do that and. We encourage people to do that instead of selling a home that may have been in the family for generations. For example,
2: how do people get paid? Is that through like a PayPal or Venmo or something? How do you receive? No, pay? no.
1: Actually, we do all of our payment processing ourselves, and so we actually we process. Uh, there, there's a statistic that I don't want to get wrong about our payments processing, but we we process in, you know, many different currencies. So, for example, if someone's coming from um, Australia or if they're coming from um, uh, the UAE and they're, they're coming here to the U.S. and they're going to stay with someone who's an Airbnb host, we process those uh, that, that currency and we convert the currency. And so um, we handle all of the payment processing, um, but essentially you would set up an account that way we can, as you're hosting, we can deposit the funds into your account. So
0: we handle all of our own payment processing. And, you know, I want to just uh, give uh, the Seattle branch of the NAACP a shout out for their foresight to bring this economic opportunity to people that don't have to have a major investment. They already have it in their home or their residence. And I want to give Sadiqa and uh, the Seattle uh, branch of the NAACP a shout out for their foresight in bringing you to town with uh, uh, opportunities because a lot of times, you know, we hear about opportunities but you got to have this much money be certified do x y and z and then hope the man selects you to be a subcontractor and this way you have control of your own destiny so we really appreciate what you're doing and uh i need to come by and yell at you and your mother before you go over to tacoma (laughs) so uh i I, because i have an official martin luther king county uh logo uh it's a lapel pin but you're you're in martin luther king jr county
1: I know. I love that. And I know you were on the front lines of, of making that happen. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah we were. So anyway. I, so. I, I remember. <laughs> all right, then,
0: Janae. Yeah, I guess we've been knowing each other for a little while now and have been yeah. in the same loop. So, hey, I want to thank you very much for all the work you're doing. And uh, if anything comes up, you have access to these airways with Hayward and I. So uh, any new changes, any new developments, anything like that happen, please let us know. We'll be waiting to hear absolutely. from you. Thank you. We, you we appreciate you, it. Yeah, you got Eric's number. Now you can call it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All yeah. right, absolutely. then. Okay, thanks, Thank Janay. We appreciate you. you. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Janay Ingram, who is uh, the director of the National Partnerships with Airbnb in Seattle yesterday at the Northwest African American Museum, in collaboration with the Seattle branch of the NAACP, bringing economic opportunities uh, to people that are homeowners that have control of residences and talk about economic opportunities, a man that's been on the front line for a long time, and that's uh, Dr. Jesse Weinberry, Sr., J.D. Uh, he has some new information about the opposition uh, and what they're trying to do with Referendum 88. <clears throat> As everybody knows, he led the I-1000 campaign, received over 400,000 signatures, and got voted into law uh, on Sunday night, April 28th. So, uh, Jesse... Uh, some people are asking me, why does this not take effect right away? Why do we have to wait until July 28th?
3: Well, uh, number one, uh, we waited for 21 years, so I understand the concerns of those folks who are asking, why do we have to wait till July 28th when we've waited an entire generation? But that is the law in Washington State. Any law that's passed by the legislature uh, has, to sit and wait for 90 days before it goes into effect. So they don't worry, uh, the legislature is not picking on I-1000. That's the case for every law, and for that matter, even the budget, it cannot go into effect until 90 days after the end of the legislative session. So that just happens to be July 28th. We're one of those laws, and so over 300 laws and $65 billion is waiting very anxiously for <laughs> July 20, 28th to come.
0: Because the other thing, too, is that <clears throat> some people are trying to correlate the signature gathering campaign for Referendum 88, <clears throat> the, uh, Tim Eyman and John uh, KKK Carlson's uh, organizing of the Chinese immigrants to oppose uh, I-1000. And some people are saying, well, are they waiting to, to see if they can get the signatures? Because now, uh, normally when you file a referendum, you have 90 days, but it took them a month. And you guys went on the battlefield with Thurston County Superior Court and made sure the battle title would reflect I one thousand. So there's no correlation to that whatsoever.
3: No, no, not 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 at all. Uh, if anything, uh, what the the framers of the Constitution did when they drafted the words for the referendum, they saw that laws go into effect ninety days after uh, the end of every session. So they that's probably why they give. Uh, referendums only that time uh, to come up with any uh, opposition or or signatures to put it on the ballot, so that uh, all of that opposition can get out of the way by the time the legislation has to go into effect.
2: But Jesse, does that hold back the the governor from uh, sending out a directive to the department heads to minimally? prepare for an immediate implementation of the measures that are in I-1000.
3: Yeah, that's a bullseye, Hayward. Uh, there's no law, uh, whether it's uh, state or federal or local, that prevents the governor from issuing a directive to start all of the state agency executives, for that matter, the county executives, the mayors of over 200 cities, uh, the the school, uh, school district superintendents. Uh, none of them have to wait until the effective date of the legislation to prepare for the, the law to, to start on July 28th. As a matter of fact, uh, there are a number of organizations that will be receiving a draft letter that has been prepared by uh, myself and other lawyers on the, on the uh, I-1000 legal team to go to the governor tomorrow. Are urging him to do just that. And this is not a first time. We are showing him that Governor Gary Locke, within 30 days of the passage of I-200, sent out a directive to all state government, all colleges and universities, that they had to change their laws and regulations to comply with I-200. So if they can do it for I-200, they uh, are going to have to do it for I-1000. Well,
2: Jesse, you know, and, and again, on that note, now... Information came back to me saying that Chris Liu, uh, director of DES, Department of Enterprise Services, spoke at the Tabor Group. Can you share with our listenership what he said and why the governor has not stepped up to the plate to send out some kind of directive?
3: Well, I, I can't, I don't know why the, gov- well, I think the governor uh, is is not going to get the, the letter until tomorrow from, from the coalition. However, in terms of Chris Liu's comments. I was not at the chamber, oh. so I don't know what he said. I was uh, there when he spoke at Tabor 100. That's what I was referring to, um, Tabor.
2: Tabor, what did pardon? he say the Tabor? It was Tabor. What did he say okay, yeah, to the Tabor so members? The,
3: the, the comments, to kind of uh, put him in a nutshell, was that uh, the Ninth Circuit, a case, Western paving, had to be followed uh, in, the, uh, in the state's implementation of I-1000. Um, I'm speaking now as a lawyer. Um, We reviewed the Western Paving case. It's a 2005 case. I don't want to bore your listeners with it, but to kind of sum it up, they basically told Washington State Department of Transportation that uh, in order for it to make a case for discrimination, it had to have at least a disparity study. Well, that was in 2005. Uh, The state, as you know, has complied. Uh, and they've done their disparity study. We used the disparity study uh, quite extensively as we drafted I-1000. And so there's really no barrier that the Western paving case uh, puts in the path of the state now implementing I-1000.
2: Jesse, now you know the governor was supposed to meet with us, you're part of it, the Washington State Civil Rights Coalition, on May uh, 13th at 11 o'clock. And they were supposed to release the Washington state statewide disparity study and it hasn't been released to this date is that is that part of the impasse here why hasn't that been released
3: i have no idea we didn't wait on on that study uh, the washington state civil rights coalition did an excellent job pushing for the state dot department of transportation to get their disparity study and that was more than enough for us to make the case for i-1000 but um, I, I, I was just as shocked as you and many others around the state were when uh, they, we had been invited to Olympia to uh, uh, be a witness to the unveiling of this disparity study. And then only days before uh, we receive a letter, not only canceling that date, but not even providing an alternative date uh, to be able to review the disparity study. But we are not letting that hold us back. Uh, as we know, I-1000 has now been enacted, and we are moving forth on a three-level uh, strategy to, number one, uh, implement I-1000, number two, to encourage people to decline to sign Referendum 88, and number three, if we if they get their signatures, and they have to get 130,000 signatures by July 27th. We are prepared to do battle on the campaign trail statewide all the way to November.
0: Now, is there a location where these people are collecting these signatures? Where Where are they?
3: Yes, uh, I invite people to actually go to their website. Uh, They are actually promoting the locations where they're trying to get signatures to kill our affirmative action rights. Uh, One is in Mercer Island at the Tiger Garden Restaurant. Another (laughs) is in Redmond at the Shalaman Kung Fu Chan Academy. And then uh, in Spokane, they have a location at Teen Aid. And finally, in Everett, they are uh, getting signatures at a place called the Chinese Barbershop on Coley Avenue. And so go to letpeoplevote.org. That's let people vote all one word, dot You will be able to see the address. They even provide a Google map to give you directions to those locations.
0: Now, it's my understanding you have to be a registered voter and a U.S. citizen to sign the petition?
3: That's right. You uh, you are— Because the people that showed up in
0: Olympia were not citizens. That's right. They right. They were immigrants from China, and uh, they indicated they had green cards, so—and they also resided uh, on— uh, the 41st legislative district, which is Mercer Island, the 48th, which is Bellevue. So I was just trying to figure out. Uh, it, so well, anyway.
2: My well, number from the 37th, not from our 37th.
0: Okay. Well, that, that's good information to have. So uh, just give us your thoughts before we go, Jesse. I want to find out what can people do right now. Discourage folks from signing. I said yes. I uh, 1,000. No, uh, no, no, don't Sign referendum 88 in Washington State.
3: That that sums it up. Uh, uh, Don't don't sign uh, the hate (laughs) that is circulating in Washington State under the guise of referendum 88. If for some reason they get their signatures, just remember in November to approve I-1000. Thanks to the the judge in Thurston County, that's all we have to remember is approve I-1000. And in the meantime, Stay tuned as we move forward with the implementation of I-1000 so that we can reopen the doors of opportunity at our colleges and universities for our young people, as well as the opportunities for employment at not just the state, but the cities, the counties, the school school districts, districts, the court commissions, and uh, finally, uh, the contracting opportunities with, um, with, uh, with the state. And again, as I always do, I encourage everyone, whether you have a business or just a business plan, file for certification with the Office of Women and Minority Business Enterprises so you are ready to go when we open the doors for I-1000.
0: And that's excellent. Excellent. As a matter of fact, I think we probably need to have the director of OMWB on next week, Hayward, so we can talk specifically to her about what the process is like. And uh, hopefully if we get everything going with this uh, Dr. Samuel Barry McKinney, uh, uh, Public Development Authority will have a location where people right. can get some assistance. So we're still working on that. So Jesse, man, thank you very much for the work and thank you for keeping us updated. You, and uh, I guess if you're gonna get some Chinese food, go to other <laughs> restaurants, other than ones that you listed. So I'll just leave it like that.
3: Well, wait a minute. I just had a note slipped to me. I've been trying to find this out for now two weeks, and I just received a note that in addition to the passage of I-1000. The governor has uh, recently signed the budget for the state, which includes over $1 million for the implementation of I-1000. So uh, maybe that's what they were waiting on. We now have I-1000 plus a $1 million to implement I-1000. And it's all thanks to people like you and the 395,000 folks who have signed uh, I-1000 and, of course, the House and Senate, which has now voted it into law.
0: And I just hope they have the 250000 there for the McKinney Coalition yes, so we can develop that S-O-I-C property to be able to help folks. Okay, Jesse, thanks so thanks thank much. You, That's a lot of good news. We appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. We're going to take a break and come back with our next guest after this.
4: Step up your commute and ride light. Sound Transit's new Capitol Hill and University of Washington Link Light Rail stations are now open. Get around town faster and more reliably than ever. Ride now from the University of Washington to Capitol Hill in just four minutes or continue on to Westlake Station in just eight minutes. Find lots of helpful information on how to ride, how to get an Orca card and more at uLink 2016.org. Link Life Rail, more stations, more places.
5: At the Port of Seattle, diversity is the source of possibility and strength. And we honor our diverse community by expanding opportunities for all people to share in our region's economic prosperity. From the seaport to the airport, we're working to support small businesses, including those owned by women and minorities, and to create quality jobs with lifelong career paths. The port of Seattle continues to be your port of opportunity.
4: Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, eleven fifty.
0: Okay, before we go to uh, President, President, President Roberto Jordan, (laughs) he is a president three times. I want everybody know that uh, the Urban Forum Northwest will be broadcasting live from Seattle City Hall two weeks from today on June twentieth as part of the Blackson Government and several other the Black Collective of the City of Seattle. They do have that many to have a collective. Uh, Their Juneteenth event will be on the 20th, and I'm one of the guest speakers, and I guess President, uh, City Council President Bruce Harrell will be honored, and Detective Cookie Bolden will also be there, and a couple of other names of younger people I'll announce next week have been added. So Hayward and I will be at Seattle City Hall. But we got something coming up before then, and President, President, President Roberto (laughs) Jordan is (laughs) on the line (laughs) now. and he's going to be talking about not the president of the Black Firefighters, the president of the Esquire Club, but the president of Festival Sunjata, the Black <laughs> Cultural Indeed. Fest that will be happening on the 15th and 16th at Seattle Center. Take it right ahead, Mr. President.
6: Yes, sir, yes, sir. We want to invite everybody out uh, this year. We've been building it up as we've been going along trying to get the national action here, and there's actually, you know, it's free of charge to come out there this year. We have the Daz Band. Yeah, Angela Winbush. We have Bicky Womack, and everybody ask about Bicky. Bicky is Bobby Womack's nephew. Uh, sounds good. Uh, he's got a lot of his own personal music. He does some of Bobby's music. It's going to be extremely good. But also, one thing that people don't seem to know about is on the 14th, the night of uh, Friday night, we have a reception where we have uh, what's called the Ultimate Art Exhibit, and there are some black artists, local artists, that are showing their work. And, and in there, we're going to have a reception for them, a little bit of food, a little bit of music, spoken word, and that'll be at 6.30 in the um, um, the tent that's on the Fisher Pavilion. And so that'll be starting at, starting at 6.30, and that'll be Friday night. But uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, we're going to have two stages of constant uh, entertainment. The ultimate art exhibit, as I just talked about, is, is um, going to have um, art. All throughout the all throughout the tent. Now, last year, people saw the tent up, but they thought it cost to get in. So we're going to put signs on there to let everybody know that it that it's free to get into.
0: Now, Friday uh, night, Louisiana, where is that location?
6: It's right. You if, if you know where the center house is, what's now called the armory, mm-hmm. it's right next to it. Um, it's right. If you walk outside, like you're walking towards Second Avenue, like you're going out, mm-hmm. and it's going to be there's going to be a big tent that's sitting right there, and okay. you can't you can't miss it if you. If you know where the center house is, it's, if you walk into the center house, it's to the left of the center house.
0: Okay, coming and that, from the north, and that starts at what time on Friday?
6: That's six thirty on Friday night,
0: and that's free drinks and free food or free food, <laughs> For,
6: uh,
2: free free food, free music, free free art, free spoken word. Well, I like the cost of that, Roberto <laughs> boy. You be catching it, man. Uh, how many artists? Yes, do, sir, do, sir. About how many artists do yes. you plan on being there, approximately?
6: um I think that i think that she has maybe like 15 artists actually
0: well. I wonder if uh Aspie reed and and uh the Honest fine arts gallery if they're involved
6: I don't think so I think uh, we put it out there for the artists to come in and make the fly to um okay. show their wares and um and do it that year. but next year that's why what we need to do get together with them and, and do that okay so we got the sundiata uh marketplace that's going to be going on with cultural culturally relevant food and so you got you got a whole alleyway where you can walk through there and and get some of the uh, best food around and give you a chance to get to know some of the uh, african-american restaurants that are around um we've got double richardson's american history traveling museum and uh for those that haven't seen it it's uh one of those things that will draw emotions out of you where you can see where it's, he's got a it's got a thing that goes from africa all the way up to the president of the united states and he's takes you on a tour of that. Buffalo Soldiers Tour, uh, Color Guard is going to be there with the horses. They're going to out, bring out the colors, um, sing the Black National Anthem. The marketplace, we have um, uh, vendors, 52 vendors that will be through there with with stuff that you uh, haven't seen or have seen, and um, uh, just, a, just a beautiful deal. Uh, we're going to have a fashion show, and, there's gonna be, and the fashions are from uh, African-American designers right here in the Northwest. And that fashion show is on the, um, uh, the mural stage, which is the big outdoor stage, at 4 o'clock on Saturday. So we're going to have a lot of stuff that's going on, free of charge, unless you want to buy some food, of course. And if you, if you do that, then you're going to need to uh, uh, pay for that. Uh, this is our 39th year. Next year will be our, our mm. 40th year. So uh, we're going to try to continue to make it uh, bigger and better as, as we go along.
2: Now, the Buffalo Soldiers, are they there uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or just Saturday? When are they they're, there?
6: They're there just Saturday at the opening. They'll be there right at 12 noon on um, Saturday. At 12 noon, they bring out the colors, and they're there so people can see the horses and stuff like that. So they'll be there a couple hours uh, starting at noon. So you kind of want to get there. You kind of want to get there when, when everything starts because that's when the Northwest Tap, Northwest Tats those to do their thing, and they just turn out the park. Then you have the drill teams come. And they are they are uh, spectacular too. So it's, it's you know you kind of want to be there right when right when everything starts. It's going to be uh, uh, we are expecting seventy five degrees of weather, so it's going to be perfect for us and for you. Mm. And it's free to get in. Okay. If you if you ride Lyft, if you ride Lyft for every phone that they're going to take up twenty five percent of the ride to get there. Whoa. So you, you get there, and if you got another person with you, twenty five percent of you use their phone going back. So they're going to be doing that on our website, uh, festivalseattle.org. There's a um, we have a video on there on different ways to get to the Seattle Center because as you know they're doing a lot of uh, construction out there with their arena. So mm-hmm. some of the parking lots are closed, some of the some of the roads are a little harder to navigate. But they can they can show you how to get there, against the uh, monorail or however a lot of different ways, the bus routes and a lot of stuff like that. So if you go to our website. FestivalSundada dot
0: org. S U N D I A T A. I just have one quick question for you. you don't have nothing to do with festival of this year. What? Yep. Are they, where are they going to park when they finish building the arena?
6: Well, when well, they finish building the arena, all that all that stuff that uh, the parking sub will reopen again. And right now they're they're going to have eighteen thousand parking spots,
0: brother. Yeah,
6: there you go. Eighteen thousand. Yeah, good question. I'm hey,
0: just trying to. You no, I'm talking about when they finish with Key Arena. I'm trying to figure right. out where all those people are gonna park.
6: Probably the same place the people parked
0: that went to see the Sonic. Well, when the Sonics were playing, there wasn't that many condos down in that area. <laughs> That's true. But anyway That's true. Yeah. So but you know
6: when when there's a wheel, there's a way. Oh,
0: I hear you. No, I hear you. Well whatever it takes to get the team back, I'm all for that. So anyway, yes, after for a forty year anniversary of uh of uh, the seventy nine championship and then watching uh, some of the guys used to play for the Science play for everybody else right now. Kevin Durant yes. need to come on back though, I'll tell you that. You but uh right.
6: well the, let to come back to right now. But you know, there's <laughs> there's you're right. We we would have had an all star team. We would have had a mega I'm team. I'm
0: telling you. Well we would had Westbrook, yeah. Kevin Durant. Yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah, we we would
2: have a mega team.
0: Yeah. But I know Oklahoma City still got to be sick about getting rid of James Harden. Yeah,
2: that's why. Yeah, that's why shows <laughs> yeah, can't even right. win Seattle if he ran for president. or okay. wanted to continue to try to
6: run. You're you're <laughs> right about it. You're right about it. So, um, yeah, we were like I said, we're inviting everybody to come on down. The now, give us the
0: contact information one more time. The uh,
6: contact you know. www. Mm-hmm. So, dot. Okay. And so there's going to be a hashtag #Sunjara19, and the easy way to do it is S-U-N D-I-A-T-A. Just sing it to yourself. I got you. S-U-N
0: D-I-A-T-A. There you go. Okay. Now, is, there, is it too late for people to become vendors or participate in any way, shape, or form?
6: It's too late to become a vendor. We're all sold out as vendors. Uh, if you want to volunteer, there's a place to apply to volunteer on the on the website, and I think. Um, I think she's still accepting art
0: pieces also. You accepted so what now? You can, you'll
6: see, I think she's also accepting art.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. Because you know what? Uh, I, I Kimberly, think I'm going to call Ashby Kimberly Reed Robertson, and find so, out. Yes. But they have so many of the yep. black artists involved with uh, Onyx mm-hmm. Fine Arts Gallery. I'm sure some of them are already hooked up. Yeah. But I just want to call uh, uh, Ashby Reed because that's a brother I think you need to meet. That's that's Lenny Wilkins' brother-in-law, by the way. And he's, oh, okay. uh, he's an outstanding artist. And he was one of the main organizers for this Onyx and they uh they have had showings down like at uh at uh the station where the union station they've had showings there and in other places so they've done some outstanding work as well and i'm sure you probably have some of their members there but roberto man probably. i thank you for all the good work and next week we suppose, hey, we're supposed hey we supposed to have somebody from the daz band on there you go so I, yep. I i'll wait for you to hook that up brother if you want to hook that them up and maybe another local uh person or act or something to to have to share with next okay, uh, you next want
6: You want to talk to the you want to talk to Dan You want to talk to
0: Angela Winburt. Well, I, I I'll leave it up to you. I would I'd, I'd be like I'd have a, a national act and also if we could have a local uh, group. Somebody one of the tap dancers or a local artist. I think that'd be good. Right. Or either, yeah, even even a, a visual artist since you're having a big art right. show as well.
6: Right. Okay. That's
7: so anyway, we'll we're
0: we appreciate you producing that part of the program for next week, my brother. Thank you.
6: Thank you, yes, Mr. Sir. President. Yes, sir. That's no problem. President, we'll get it done. President.
0: Okay, Mr. President, President, right. President, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>
6: All right. Thanks for having us. You guys be
0: good. Okay. Thanks. That'll thanks, Roberto. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Our next guest is uh, the organizer of uh, the illustrious Mount Zion Baptist Church golf tournament mm-hmm. that will be held on uh, Saturday, June 15th. And I'm going to turn it over to Hayward Evans, at to talk to Ken Archie. Oh, yeah. Ken
2: Archie is the coordinator. Ken, can you give uh, just everybody an overview of your vision and what you anticipate to happen at the golf tournament at Lake Wilderness Golf Course on June 15th?
7: Well, we're planning on having a golf tournament there, and the green fee is $100, and uh, the, the proceeds that all will go towards the youth program at the Mount Zion Baptist Church, um, and uh, our mentoring program, Team car. Uh, uh, we got a lot of different prizes that we're going to be giving at the golf tournament. Uh, we'll be giving away a uh, vehicle uh, from um, Carter Subaru, uh, who will be setting up uh, one of the holes for whoever can do a hole in one. Uh, they will drive off in a uh, 2019 Subaru. Um, and that's Carter super Subaru out on Aurora. We're also giving away prizes for uh, doing a putting contest for uh, and the prize for that would be, is a $10 entry into the putting contest and uh, the prize for that will be a gift certificate to Jazz Alley. And then we have a lot of other prizes. Now, also.
2: Now the Jazz Alley, uh, what, what does that gift certificate entail?
7: That entail admission into the show and also dinner,
2: uh, uh two dinners. Uh, South, yeah. South well, not two
7: dinners, just yeah. That also include dinner. Excellent. Uh so I guess for two. We're, uh, we're also doing um the longest drive, closest tent, and uh, closest to the line, and uh, team with the best combined score, and that's including male and female. Last year we had uh, a couple females that won those um, prizes. And they're coming back, and uh, we have tickets for the Mariners game that will be um, uh, being a uh, part of the uh, raffle. Um, and um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, do they need the address or phone number to contact me?
2: Well, let me ask you this. Didn't you have a barbecue grill?
7: I there. Yeah, we're talking about that, uh, having a barbecue grill. Also, we may be talking about doing a, uh, we're talking about
2: having a uh, 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 30-inch screen TV that be part of the raffle. Oh, wow. Excellent. Now, uh, uh, can you give us the address, the location, the time that it starts, what time people should be there? Uh, And also, it's a, a banquet at the end of it or a buffet. Is that correct? Can you just share with us what that might consist of?
7: Well, the banquet would be after the uh, tournament, which will probably run for about four hours. And uh, anybody can come to the award banquet, but the cost is $25 to come to the award banquet ceremony. Plus, they can buy raffle tickets to get some of the prizes also.
2: Now, I'm going to come to golf. What can I expect? I know you got a golf cart, and can you just tell people what they receive after they register and sign in?
7: Well, they will receive... Uh, They'll receive a meal ticket, uh, an energy bar, uh a drawstring backpack, uh, three sleeve balls, uh with one logo ball uh um for uh, for their entry. And it's a hundred dollars and plus that you get the cart uh and the meal for a hundred dollars.
2: Now, now this is a shotgun, right? Can you share with the people what a shotgun golf is? This will, golf, this will
7: uh, be a shotgun start.
2: And so what does that mean for the listenership who aren't familiar with a shotgun?
7: Shotgun start is that uh, we'll divide the team of, uh, of 70 players and uh, want to start at the end of the last hole, 18th hole, and work their way back. Uh, but, uh, we'll divide the team, and the team will start at hole one, and work their way, and they'll meet each other. That way we can have the event over within the four-hour time. So, and then we we'll go straight into the uh, uh,
2: banquet. So each of the, uh, the, the four teams or each of the four players start at a separate hole, and they all start at the same time when the shotgun goes off. Is that right?
7: Right. There's, there's a shotgun that goes off, and there'll be uh, at least nine teams on one end and nine teams on the other end. And they'll all come in, um, get their start off, so they won't be starting off one team at one time at, at the first hole and then waiting down the line. Well, it, it'll be done easier with a shotgun for those golfers that knows about how to work the
0: shotgun. Uh, all I want to say is last year the uh, tournament was held at uh, Foster Golf Links, and... Uh, good friend of mine, Bishop Reggie Witherspoon said he won but he lost his scorecard. yeah
8: yes
7: he did he lost his scorecard so we couldn't prove that. Uh, and so a scorecard would be in with the in, inside the backpack and I, like I said the meal ticket will be there and uh, we'll be selling raffle tickets and a bottle bottle of water would be in the bag and our energy bar and like I said, three sleeves of ball, and one logo ball of Lake with Lake Wilderness on,
2: and the T's and the markers, T's and the uh, and your ball markers, right?
7: Okay, right, correct.
0: Okay, well, I tell you what, uh, we will have uh, probably who won last year.
7: Um, Larry Cook and uh, and Company, yeah, they won the tournament and uh, they ended up with the Grand Prize, where they got the golf for uh, all four of them were invited back out. Um, to
2: golf free for that for that whole day. Yeah, and the is the NAACP. He was one of the winners. Mark, I can't think of his last name, but he
0: was one of the right. winners on that, that team. That was part of the
7: team. Uh, Larry Toots and uh, the person you're
0: talking about, and uh, Clifton White. Okay, yeah. Well, Clifton plays all the time yeah, too, Clipton. and Larry <laughs> teaches golf. So I mean, we might have some different categories for these guys. Okay, but anyway, Larry's well, doing well, a good I, job I, working with the youth out of Kent. This year.
7: We're giving away a vehicle, and uh, and, and mm-hmm. that's going to be uh, Carter Subaru is sponsoring that hole for the hole in one.
2: And now you know, Ken. You know I'm going to be trying to get that hole in one. I could use a new car. Amen. Okay. How okay. far is the hole from? What? A, it's part three, so 180 yards. I
7: don't know which is. Better. Okay, it's a part three. Being the longest drive, which would probably be T13. Probably. Okay.
0: Okay, we'll be shouting you out again next week. So uh, thanks a lot okay. for all, all the work you're doing for the, of the, for the church and for the golf tournament. And, and Kenny, can you give that contact information if people want to reach you? How can they get in touch with you?
2: They can
7: get a hold of me at 206 920 5434.
2: Can you repeat that again, please? 206
7: 920 5434.
0: All right, Ken Archie. Thanks a lot, man. We'll talk with somebody out of that out of that foursome next week. I have a picture lab from last year's golf tournament, and there are five people in the picture. They said, "Oh, we didn't know you played golf." I said, "When have you ever seen a fivesome?" But I was driving the photographer around, just happened to be in the picture with Joe Staten and Cecil Cross and uh, Chester uh, Dorsey and one other brother. Anyway, so it, it, thanks well, a lot. And Eddie is the MC. Eddie will be running the show. That's like right. All right, guys. Okay, thank right. you very much. We'll talk to you later, Ken. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and come back while Jamie Elmore calls on the phone.
5: At the Port of Seattle, diversity is the source of possibility and strength, and we honor our diverse community by expanding opportunities for all people to share in our region's economic prosperity. From the seaport to the airport, we're working to support small businesses, including those owned by women and minorities, and to create quality jobs with lifelong career paths. The Port of Seattle continues to be your Port of Opportunity.
4: Step up your commute and ride light. Sound Transit's new Capitol Hill and University of Washington Link Light Rail stations are now open. Get around town faster and more reliably than ever. Ride now from the University of Washington to Capitol Hill in just four minutes, or continue on to Westlake Station in just eight minutes. Find lots of helpful information on how to ride, how to get an ORCA card, and more at ulink2016.org. Link Light Rail, more stations, more places. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk, 1150.
0: All right, Eddie Ryan, Hayward Evans, back at Urban Forum Northwest. Before we go to Jamie Elmore and Miles Ross, I want to let folks know a shout-out of condolence to uh, the Charles family. Amen. Uh, Dexter Reed Charles was funeralized this morning uh, out of Evergreen with Shelley, and also the trailblazer, Miss Maddie Viola Woodson, uh, who was one of the first black school teachers in uh, the city of Seattle, also was a... Uh, math and guidance counselor at Garfield High School. Uh, She will be funeralized on Saturday at 11 o'clock a.m. at Mount Zion. And I want to congratulate my friends William Upton-Jones and Bruce Evans, uh, their associate pastors at the Seed of Abraham Pentecostal Church Family, and they're being honored along with Pastor Karen Williams, associate pastor, and Mary Bingham. And that will be on uh, Sunday, uh, June 9th at 3.30 p.m., uh, that lo- is located at 246 Wells Avenue North. And since I know Bruce was like an adopted member of the Mitchell family, been knowing William Jones almost all of his life. Also, Charlie James has a very interesting article in the Facts newspaper. And then if you go to the medium, very interesting information about what's happening uh, with black folks and home ownership. And uh, Linda Taylor at the Urban League is waiting to help folks. We'll have either uh, Gwen Allen Carlson or Azalea uh, Johnson on next week to talk about the Kent Black Action Committee, k 8th Annual Linda Sweezer Memorial Juneteenth Celebration. That'll be on the 22nd. Now, we are going to go to uh, the 40th anniversary of celebrating the Seattle-King County NW Axel Competition is coming up. And now we'll go to Jamie Elmore and Miles Ross. Jamie is the founder of the Alopecia Support Group, and she's in the process of putting together a uh, video, a film, and uh, Miles is an outstanding filmmaker. So, Jamie, why don't you bring us up to date on what's going on?
9: Well, thank you so much, Mr. Rye, for having us on your show today. Yes, we are definitely excited about the upcoming documentary that is scheduled to be released on September the 25th, 2019. Um, the location and venue is at the Metropolis on First Avenue, and I've had the opportunity to be working with Mr. Miles Ross and Ryan Cotulli. They are my videographers and my editors for this film, we've been working on this for about a year, since August of last year, and and they are just simply amazing. I, I've just been so impressed with Mr. Ross and his professionalism. He comes early. He's um, He's been <laughs> taking the lead on the whole project, and um, he's captured my vision, him and Ryan, and I'm just totally impressed. So I would love for you to kind of talk a little bit, Miles and um, Mr. Reich, and ask him some questions, because I really want the light to shine on this awesome young man. I'm totally impressed with him.
8: Oh, you're too kind, Jamie. Uh, hello. Hello there. Hey. So yeah, uh, I'm Miles Ross. I'm a filmmaker in the in the Seattle area. I'm also uh, currently the editor for this uh, alopecia documentary. Okay to say the name, right? Yeah. Uh, Harmony Alopecia Story. Yeah. Like Jamie said, uh, I was brought on last year originally as a camera a camera operator, but um, fell in love with the project, and since earlier this spring, I've I've uh, been working on their editor. Now that we're in post production on the thing, um, and uh, and excited and and I'm excited to show this thing to the world this September.
0: Okay. Yes. So, uh, Jamie, give us an idea of how long will uh, will it take to put this together? Are you? It's just going to you say you're going to roll out in September?
9: Yes. Yes, we're going to roll out. We're going to have the premiere in September. It's going to be about a 28 minute um, documentary. But the awesome thing about this is that we have the opportunity to be on several platforms with an audience of over 120 million people with Amazon TV, Roku, Hulu, and Fire Stick. Now, we was not looking for that, but that opportunity came our way. So the premiere that will be um, showing on September 25th is just going to be a snapshot, um, about 28 minutes. And it's going to be a rainbow of stories when we say – Harmony Alopecia Stories is one voice coming from several points of view. So we'll have children, we'll have black people, white people. Um, I tell people all the time that alopecia does not discriminate. It affects 6.8 million people in the United States and 147 million people worldwide. It doesn't matter your gender, your age, or your ethnicity. And we're going to show just that on September 25th with the help of Miles and, um, and Ryan.
8: Yeah, and to add on to that, uh, as someone who had no clue, no idea what alopecia was uh, before getting attached to this project, and thank you again, Jamie, for educating me to the whole thing. Um, just in terms of filming the interviews, meeting these different people from Canada to the Midwest, of pretty much I think all over the U.S., if not certain parts of the globe, hearing their stories and how different people deal with alopecia, how men and women deal with it differently, it's been eye-opening. And as someone who doesn't have to live with that, it's I think part of the power of film is being able to share experiences with other people, and that's what this documentary is going to do. That's why, so I, I hope and aim to do with this thing right here. And you're doing a good job. Oh, thank you.
2: Now, <laughs> now because uh, Jamie, I've been, you know, you've been on Eddie's show or, or the show here, Urban Forum Northwest, a few times. Now, are you going to be able to send this to like you should be on Oprah, in my view, Oprah, The View, The Talk. Are you going to try to reach out nationally too? Because again. I know the Amazon thing, but I think you need to be interviewed across this nation.
9: Well, you know what, that's a good idea. And you know what, I'll take all the help that we can get. If somebody knows the Oprah, somebody knows the View, any contact, um, we're open to that. But I think for me, the way I'm looking at it, we have to start somewhere. And I know that this is a, a global um, experience. So, sir, if you have any contacts or connections, please um, help us. Reach out to those individuals, and I totally agree with you that it is something that everybody needs to know about, right, Miles?
8: Yeah, and we do have a few months until the premiere again on September 25th. This uh, this radio interview, I guess, is our first step of uh, promotion of marketing here. Uh, Jamie, uh, I, I guess, what what's your uh, the best way for people to contact and I guess reach out to to you and the support group?
9: You're so awesome, listening, Miles. <laughs> well, um, of course, our website is alopecia, A L O P E C I A support group, all one word org, so they can reach out to me that way, and of course they can call the station, and Mr. Rye can reach out to me through them. Um, whatever you need, we are here, and we also have some events coming up leading up to the actual documentary.
8: And oh, I was also going to say, if you want to be on the inside of how the production's going, uh, you can also you can catch my uh, production notes and, and progress on the documentary now and post on. Both my personal Facebook page, my, oh, my business Facebook page, Miles Ross Filmmaker, on Facebook as well as uh, my Instagram, where you can see a whole bunch of uh, bits and pieces of interviews and some lovely pictures. Uh, NPR underscore FXF. So yeah.
0: Well, uh, Jamie, i want to let you know that Angela Ryan knows Oprah Winfrey. There you go. Oh. <laughs> and Eddie, Eddie knows most of these folk out here now. No, I don't know all of them, but Angela <laughs> Angela's been a guest at Oprah's house along with our boyfriend, Rashid, yeah. who performed. So, uh okay. And you have, she has been one of your customers before. yeah So, yes. <laughs> so yes. I mean, this is, and, you, and you, I'm you still know, one. <laughs> yes,
9: you are. And you know what? Angela has told me that she will help me in whatever way um, that's possible. So I'm putting together everything that I need her to do. So once I give it to her, who knows? what will happen, so I'm definitely going to reach out to her and follow up with the conversation her and I had a few months ago, because I appreciate her even having a willing heart to help me um, put this documentary out there, so thank you so much, Mr. Rice, for all that you do for the Alopecia Support
0: Group. Yeah, she uh, uh, was nominated uh, for the NAAC Image Award. She came in third Oprah came in first. and Michelle Obama came in second. So, Amen. wow. <laughs> so she know a couple. Of, she know real. a couple of people. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Jamie, we'll keep our, our listeners informed as we go down this road. And your other special events, just let us know, and we will have you on. And uh, and I'll see you in about a half an hour or forty minutes or so.
9: <laughs> you sure will. And and thank you so much for having us on. And, Miles, thank you so much for all that you do. And, Mr. Ryan Cattuli, if you're listening to us, we thank you as well. And the entire leadership team on the Allopecia Support Group. I appreciate everybody, and thank you for everything.
0: Okay, for and Mr. On. Miles Ross, I look forward to meeting you in yeah, person you too, too sir.
9: I look forward to meeting you, sir.
0: Okay, so I want to thank you very much. Jamie and Miles, appreciate you all today. And we we'll keep we'll keep too. the people posted on your progress.
9: Sounds good. Thank
0: you so much. Okay. All right. Now it's Jamie Elmore and Miles Ross, who is a filmmaker and videographer. Uh, I just want to remind people that uh, the Juneteenth event, uh, there's vendor inquiries. Contact Gwen Allen Carson at 253-486-9029 or Azalea Johnson at 253-631-7944. That's the Kent Black Action Commission's uh, Juneteenth Cele- Festival and Celebration and then uh, on, that's in the Seattle Medium along with information about the CL King County, County NAACP the Axel competition and uh, uh, on the, the editorial comments three of my favorite folks uh, Dr. Julianne Malvo uh, Mark Moriel and we just had Dr. E.P.A. Williams on Urban Forum last yeah. week and she is also uh, in the paper today as well Uh Once again, I want to give a shout out to the Charles family and also don't forget uh, one of the first black teachers. As a matter of fact, uh, she was also the teacher for uh, the former Virginia governor, Doug Wilder. And that's Miss Maddie Woodson, who will be funeralized on uh, Saturday at uh, Mount Zion uh, at 11 o'clock a.m., want to thank uh, Charlie once again for his article, Enlightening People About the McKinney Coalition, and we're still trying to put that together, Hayward, and oh, hopefully yeah. we'll be hearing, uh, be able to help resolve some of the problems that I-200 has completed. Also, the Diversity Career Fair is going to be uh, tomorrow from 10 to 2, and uh, that will be at Evergreen State College, Tacoma Campus, 1210 6th Avenue. All kind of jobs are going to be available and once again, I want to thank you again at the Port of Seattle's Office of Social Responsibility, Sound Transit, Small Business Development, and Labor Compliance Office, the City Sales Personal Construction Services Office, Concourse Concession, SeaTac Bar Group LLC, Stephanie Ogle for the website, Hayward and Evanston, I will see you again next week.